Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack. Welcome into this edition of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Callaway Golf. I'm Ryan Labner, and we have a very special episode today with my colleague Rex Hoggard, who is live from Tokyo, one of the few U.S.-based reporters who is on the ground for the Olympic Games. Can't wait to hear his thoughts, his impressions, and his insights on the competition that will kick off on Wednesday night on Golf Channel, as well as the whole vibe around the Games. But first... Callaway recorded another worldwide win for Chrome Soft X and Epic Speed this week, with Nacho Elvira claiming the European Tours Kazoo Open. Chrome Soft X and Epic continue to win on tours around the world, including major, major championship victories at the PGA Championship and U.S. Open. Additionally, Callaway was the number one driver brand at the Evian Championship, with Epic being the number one driver model in play. Odyssey has also won the putter count at both the Evian Championship and the Senior Open, and Odyssey has now won 34 consecutive major putter counts across the PGA Tour, LPGA, and PGA Tour champions. With that, let's bring in Rex Hoggard, who is taping this podcast at roughly 7 a.m. local time Thursday in Japan, just about a half hour before the competition kicks off. Rex, you were just on live from. How are you feeling? Uh, mere moments away from the 2020 Olympics kicking off. It's exciting because we've waited so long for this one, just not four years, which would be the normal window from 2016. But of course, you had the extra year in there because of COVID-19 and the postponement. And it, this one has been a long time coming. I think I was on the shuttle bus this morning with Rich Lerner and, and Justin Leonard, and they were talking about how badly we wanted to get this one going. And it has nothing to do with the prep work and all the talk, but it has everything to do with you just want to see the competition. This is what we talked about. And, and it has that different feel. I mean, I'll be the first to admit that in 2016, going to Rio because of a lot of different reasons. There was a lot of hand wringing. I didn't know what to expect. And when I came out of that experience, it was one of the coolest things I've done in my career, but I had similar feelings coming into this, obviously for COVID-19 and all of the protocols and everything we've had to do to get to this point. And I'm coming away with that same feeling. It's, it's a very cool experience, even without the Olympic village and all of the things that made Rio so special. The athletes are here each with an individual story and each with, this tale to tell about winning an Olympic medal, which is sort of above and beyond what professional athletes usually talk about. Can you, can you detail some of the, the differences, Rex? Obviously you're in Rio in 2016. I believe by, by this point uh, in the proceedings on Thursday of championship week, you'd already seen about uh, 17 other uh, sports competitions. It was an absolute free for all. I get the sense just from listening to player interviews that that is not the case at all this year. Players might be able to what go in the athlete village uh, I know Justin Thomas spoke about uh, meeting with some of the coaches on the U Team USA basketball team, but there really isn't that type of intermingling that we saw in, in Rio. Is that fair to say? It's fair to say and we're left out of some of these things. As you pointed out, it, really, it's logistics 
more so than COVID-19, if I'm being honest with you. But the golf course is about an hour and a half from the Olympic Village, which is in downtown Tokyo, but by the, in the Bay Area. And that's without traffic. And so, of course, you can end up with traffic. So I think a lot of players decided to stay closer to the golf course. There are exceptions, though. Like I was talking with the guys from Team Mexico, Abraham Anser and Carlos Ortiz. They're staying in the Olympic Village with their caddies, with these other athletes from Mexico. I mean, I think Carlos was staying with three other equestrians and, and answer was staying with three boxers and it, it, they're making the most of the experience. And they talked about how much fun it was being in the Olympic village and meeting these other athletes. You are missing that element of being able to go to, I mean, I think you and I have had this conversation like handball might be the coolest thing on the planet that I had never seen before, before 2016. And like, it's, it's a sport that I, I can't believe America didn't come up with this because all it is is really five guys and a ball and you figured out a net and sometimes you can kick it and sometimes you can throw it and you have to dive here. If you added beer to that, that would be like every Saturday morning in America, I think. So I, I just, all of those things that made it so cool, you don't have it, but there are players, you mentioned JT going into Team USA. There, you are getting a little bit of that, but not the full treatment. How do you not stay in the athlete village, Rex. I mean, there is a good chance. I mean, you, you can't predict the future, but there's a good chance that this is your one and only chance to represent your country at the Olympics. And you're not going to take full advantage that you, that your rest is in recovery is so precious to you that you have to stay 15 minutes and make sure you're on schedule for everything. I mean, this is essentially a watered down WGC event. There's 60 players Half of the field is outside the top 100 in the world rankings. I mean, a lot of these guys can sleepwalk and still finish inside the top 15 this week. How do you not go all out and just have an incredible experience and stay in the athlete village? And I'm, and I'm looking squarely at, at the American team for this. Uh, I would say that actually Rory called it. I don't think watered down version of a WGC. He just called it WGC like. So I'm going to go ahead and stick with that. Uh, I think so. There's two elements here. If I'm the team from and, and this is going to come off wrong, but if I'm the team from a country that probably isn't going to have much of a chance. Name names, it, name names. It, it, I mean, if we're being honest, let, let's kind of just go down the list. I mean, if you, you can pick whoever you want. You fill in the blanks and who you think isn't going to win a medal. If I'm part of that team from Slovakia, let's throw it out there. No offense to Rory Sabatini. Rory Sabatini? But, you don't think Rory Sabatini can, can earn a bronze? I don't think so. I mean, I'm just I'm going out there. We're probably going to make How about Spain? Pick. How about Spain with John Rahm? That's probably your safer bet. Uh, without John Rahm, I mean, um, if yeah, I'm one John of those, Rahm. if I'm one of those teams that probably doesn't realistically have a chance, then yes, absolutely, I'm staying in the village. I'm taking my chance, hour and a half each way. I'm making the most of the experience. But if I'm Team England, uh, Team GB, like Paul Casey and Tommy Fleetwood, and Paul Casey talked about this at length yesterday about how this isn't something that just cropped up on his radar this year. This is a six year mission goal process for him. He has had this on his mind since 2016 that he wanted to be here. He has decided that I'm going to treat this like a major championship. I'm going to come into this. I'm going to stick with my routine. I'm going to train hard. I'm going to learn the golf course. And what, and what happens if you finish 13th, then was it all for naught? Well, you're disappointed, but I don't think you second guess yourself at that point. If you do, you're going to second guess yourself a lot in golf. As we've mentioned, wins are not a great measure of, success or failure in golf we all know that but i think if you're a team like again like gb like team usa i, I can come up with some others that we should probably keep an eye on if you're if you're one of those teams you probably want to stick with your schedule and make the most and try to win a medal if i if i shoot 73 or higher in the opening round of the olympic tournament i am i am signing out of my hotel and i am going directly into the athletes village 
uh, and that is going to be exactly how I spend the rest of my week. It doesn't matter at that point. I probably shot myself out of the tournament. That is the mindset that I would take. Then again, uh, I am not an Olympic athlete. Rex, when you look at these four Americans, it's three of the top five in the world. When you're looking at Colin Morikawa, Xander Shoffley, and Justin Thomas with Patrick Reed, uh, who was actually the third alternate uh, to take Bryson DeChambeau's spot, but both Brooks Kepka, and which would have been a delicious twist of irony, uh, declined his invitation, as did Patrick Cantlay. So Patrick Reed, despite not having a practice round, uh, will get the nod as the fourth and final member of Team USA. How do you kind of handicap the four Americans' chances? If, if, it's, if it's me, I'm kind of ranking them in terms of metal likelihood. I would go Morikawa, Xander, JT Reed, just because he hasn't uh, had a practice run and it wouldn't surprise at all if he had a slow start. Where do you kind of sit on that? I think I'm with you. I think we, we did a punch out that we put up on golfchannel.com. And I think Morikawa, the medal, I just think the way he's playing right now and his level of confidence. And he came in here like we just discussed. He came in here and he's treating it like a major championship. He's treating it like an event that he wants to win or at least plays in the top three. I think Patrick Reed is clearly fourth on that list. He got the late call up out of the bullpen, didn't arrive until late. Wednesday afternoon, our time, didn't get a chance to play the golf course, although he drove around it last night in a golf cart, so at least got a look at it. And then I think in the middle, it's going to be probably pretty close between JT and Xander, between those two. I can see two Americans meddling this week, though. That's a strong U.S. team. Yeah, it, it really is. And to think about it, you could have Dustin Johnson uh, had he not opted out. So they, they very, I wouldn't say realistically, um, but there was at least a, a possibility that you could have had an American sweep, and you actually may – uh, yet have an American sweep. Uh, I think if Justin Thomas in particular uh, can, can play some of the golf that we're used to seeing him play. Rex, let's buzz through some of these other uh, main storylines. For me, a, a, a huge one uh, that hasn't been talked about um, enough and is starting to get some more traction now is really the plight of the South Korean men, in particular, Sung J.M. and Siwoo Kim, who are representing uh, the South Korean team. As we've probably heard by this point, South Korean men, able-bodied men, need to have mandatory military service for 18 to 21 months uh, by their 28th birthday, unless they can get some kind of waiver or deferral from the South Korean government. We've seen that um, over the past couple of years with some of the celebrities um, like, like the pop band over there. It is not yet known uh, whether some of these golfers in the future will be able to. And so if that doesn't happen, this is Siwoo Kim's final chance to, uh, get out of that mandatory military service if he earns a medal. See, uh, Sung J.M. would have another opportunity in 2024 if he qualifies for the team. Um, have you had a chance to, to talk to those players? What are, what are other players saying about this? Because this is certainly a, a unique storyline, trying to be exempted from military service if they could earn a medal. Yeah, they were in the media center yesterday. They spoke, and they sent kind of a mixed message on this one. Obviously, they said all the right things when asked about it, that we're not thinking about that, that we're just focused on the competition and the military service thing will, will sort of play its way out, which is exactly what you would expect them to say. I mean, they admitted that they're sitting in their hotel rooms at night, just wringing their hands about, oh, God, I've got to finish inside the top three to get this done. That's probably not the most healthy thing to do from a competitive standpoint. On the other side, though, they both had also admitted that they skipped the Open Championship to make sure that they were fully prepared for this. So, you're, again, you're sending mixed messages that it's important enough for us to miss a major championship, but we're not going to sit around and worry about it. it there, is a, there is a part of this system, and look, neither one of us, or I don't think anyone who's outside of that world, it's, it's here to second guess. But when you speak specifically about Siwoo Kim, 
And there is a disconnect that you're telling him that, okay, if you finish third in this event, which I think we can all agree is a very much a watered down field when you compare it to other fields that he's going to face year in and year out, simply because of the way they created this field. If you finish third here, that's better than any of your three PGA tour victories, including the players. The players. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's such a, it's such a ridiculous mixed message. And again, you, you don't want to sit here and second guess our country and their customs and what they consider important in Olympic medals are important in, in South Korea, but it, it just seems silly to me sometimes when you consider what he's accomplished and yet we're going to essentially pin at least the early stages of his career on, okay, let's see you get a top three this week. If not, too bad. And, and Daniel Rappaport of, of golfdigest.com, uh, one of our one of our peers, uh, penned a great piece uh, kind of detailing some of the struggles that, that past players who have been in this position, notably Sang Moon Bay and Sung Yil No, who were – PJ Tour winners beforehand and have really struggled to recapture their game after the mandatory two-year service. So this is a big deal. Um, and selfishly, uh, as lovers of, of their game uh, and the game of golf, you great to see we, at least one of them uh, medal this week um, and be exempted from that military service. I also want to touch on Rex, uh, Roy McIlroy, who did not have a pre-tournament press conference, breezed into town on Tuesday, didn't even see the golf course for the first time until Wednesday. Look, he's, we've kind of gone over on this podcast before. He has a very complicated relationship with the Olympics, whether to represent Team Ireland, as he is doing this week, or perhaps Team GB in 2016. Uh, he really uh, seemed disinterested in the entire Olympic experience and said that he wasn't even going to watch the golf portion. Is he singing a different tune this time around five years later? And do you think that could change by the end of the week? If only this was a visual medium and people could see me shaking my head and rolling my eyes. Absolutely not. He hasn't changed his tune. And look, I'll give him credit on that front. He's consistent. Like he, he's the same person now when you ask him about the Olympics that he was in 2016 when he was getting questioned about it. I think everything you need to know about Rory's thoughts on the Olympics and as far as golf's place in the Olympics, you said in the, in the buildup to this, he arrived on Tuesday, got a workout in, got dinner, got a good night's sleep and then played 18 holes yesterday. That. He's not going to do that at any other events. That means anything. I mean, that that is like the Wyndham Championship. It's like it's like going to it's like going to Memphis. Yes, and so that's everything you need to know. There's also the element of he actually declined to talk to the media yesterday. He didn't speak with a media official, but he declined to talk to the media. It is obvious he doesn't want to be here, and I understand his reasons. We touched on that. It's complicated for him, and he's being put into a very very difficult position, and he probably feels like it's a little unfair because of him having to make the choice between G team GP and team Ireland, where he's obviously going to be t- torn over this. It's also at a time of year when a lot of top players decided, Nope, I'll pass. And he, but he doesn't feel like he has that luxury for whatever reason. And he simply isn't in a good mood. I mean, I have, if you were going to ask me who was going to be the biggest disappointment this week, it has to be Roy simply because he's going to go through the motions this week. If he finishes inside the top five, I will be surprised. You don't think Rex that, that, that his entire perception of the Olympics can change. And, and the reason the reason I want to point this out is, is John Wood, a uh, longtime caddy for Matt Kuchar, who's now on our air with Golf Channel NBC Sports, wrote a great piece for GolfChannel.com, kind of detailing his experience in 2016 and kind of how skeptical he was about even going. He was kind of pushing Matt Kuchar in the direction of, of not playing. Kuchar was having a great year. Uh, he didn't want to screw up either his Ryder Cup prospects or his standing in the FedEx Cup race. And he went to Rio and just had an unbelievable experience. And he said, if I could have an opportunity to talk to all these players who are opting out, I would tell them 
just think about it. You have to go. It's a once in a lifetime experience to be able to say that you are an Olympian. You don't think that Rory potentially four days later after being kind of immersed in this Olympic experience can have this epiphany and, and want to be more than, than just kind of a, a, a statesman here playing in this golf tournament, being more than just an ambassador for the sport. You don't think that he's going to walk away on Sunday night saying, man, this Olympics was incredible. I want to make sure that I can do it for the next two to three Olympics, as long as golf's in it. Again, he says, head shaking, eyes rolling up in his head. No, I don't. And I, I wish we could run actually the sounds that he we got from him yesterday talking about this exact thing. And this was a media official who was talking to him. So he wasn't being pressed. These weren't hard questions. These were softballs that were being thrown at him. And he was asked kind of what you're getting at is, you know, what would a winning a medal mean? And after a long, pregnant, uncomfortable pause, he goes, well, I've never thought about that. I thought about winning Claire Jugs and Green Jackets growing up. And he completely dismissed the idea. Now, on Sunday, if he's holding a medal, does his outlook change? Sure. I think a lot of people's outlook changed after Rio. Certainly Matt Kuchar being one of them. Ricky Fowler would be the other one. He got a tattoo on his arm of the Olympic Greens, for Pete's sake. I think it, being here, being in the cauldron, so to speak, has a chance of changing you. But no, I don't see that happening to Rory, simply because his thoughts on this are very clear. He's going through the motions this week. He came in on his private jet. He plans on leaving on Sunday in his private jet, feeling like, and he talked about this at the Open Championship two weeks ago, this isn't for him. This isn't for pride of country. This has nothing to do with that. This is for the good of the game in his mind and something he feels like he has to do. Yeah, I, I just can't help but wonder if this was a traditional Olympic experience, no COVID protocols. Let's say the golf Maybe. course is, is a half hour from uh, the, the, the athlete's village. He could go see other events. You know, I, I, it, I do feel like some of these athletes are, are certainly missing out. Um, I don't think any of them are going to regret being an Olympian, um, but I do think certainly compared to 2016, uh, they're not getting the, the same experience. Uh, let's talk about the golf course a little bit. I've seen some comparisons to uh, Quail Hollow, the host of the Wells Fargo Championship. You've had an opportunity now of three or four days uh, to kind of tour this golf course. What are we as, as viewers in for when we, when we tune into coverage? I was actually thinking about that. I was here two years ago in 2019 during the Zozo Championship. We made the trip across town just to kind of take a look at it. I remember walking the course back then trying to trying to equate it to something. I think Quail's probably a pretty good one. It winds its way kind of over, over some impressive hills and through the trees. And it, it's an immaculate layout. I actually saw Kerry Haig yesterday, who's from the PGA of America, and he's doing a setup this week for the International Golf Foundation. And he compared it to Bell Reef. And I think that has a lot to do more so with the grasses. Zoysia fairways, Zoysia rough. Um, I think hearing from players, there is an element of players who think this is going to be a birdie fest, that anything in that 10, 15 under range is, is probably what you're looking at. That being said, it's not an easy driving golf course, and it's not going to be a golf course where you're just going to be able to stand on every tee and just bomb it away. You're going to have to get it in the fairway because if you're playing from the rough, you won't be able to attack pin. So it's going to be a long golf course. We got even more rain last night, and I think you would expect the normal cast of characters. I mean, I think your, your JTs, your Xanders, um, those guys are going to be the ones that will be able to take, make the most of the opportunity of their length. I was just going to say, uh, let's, let's kind of rifle through some of these contenders. Uh, I believe on golfchannel.com, we kind of laid out uh, our picks for the podium. Uh, who do you like? Let's say just missing out, just missing out on the podium. Who do you, who do you like in that position? I went with Xander and I felt like <laughs> from a consistency, yeah, from a consistency standpoint, I know he's going to be up there. I know he's going to have an opportunity, and I, I still 
agree with what I said earlier in the podcast that I can envision a, a podium that has at least two Americans on it. I mean, that's not out of the realm of possibility. And in my mind, that would be Xander and Morikawa. Uh, I, I'm not quite sure if his game is quite what Morikawa's is, who, who I would put my win play show category in, in one of those three combinations. But I think Xander is going to be up there and with the opportunity. I actually picked Xander uh, in that spot too. Uh, I, I don't think he's quite playing his best. Uh, the reason why I, I do think he'll uh, continue to play well is that he's a he's a, a proven big game hunter. Uh, he has a, a million top five finishes seemingly uh, over the past couple of years. I do think you know, when you're looking such as a player, let's say Sung JM versus Rory on the uh, motivation spectrum, uh, I think I think Xander Shoffley and what is a de facto home game his grandparents uh still live in japan uh his his father having his olympic dreams dashed years ago i think the motivation for xander to play well and represent himself his family and his country uh is very very high how about how about bronze medalist who is your pick oh with abe answer i, I just love the idea as they pointed out that he's staying in the olympic village and maybe that hour and a half commute each way is isn't he isn't he gonna it. isn't he gonna be hung over then isn't he gonna be hung but, over or his back's gonna be creaky from the long ride why are you assuming if you're staying in the athlete's village that you're partaking? Can't you just stay there and enjoy the, the company of other athletes? Enjoy the, the Oh, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to get into your sake, uh, uh, your, your sake experience later in the big show. Fan. Big fan. No. And I, a, for a lot of different reasons. One, he is really savoring this entire experience. And like we said, we compared this to Quail Hollow and he had a good showing at Quail Hollow. He's played well there before. I think there's a kind of golf course he can compete well at. Uh, for me, I picked uh, Paul Casey who at age 44 is kind of relishing Ooh. this this obviously his his final opportunity uh, to don the, the the team GB colors and, and uniform. He's one of the tour's most um, complete players all around, um, and I, I really liked what he said um, in his press conference on, on Wednesday. Just just kind of really relishing this experience. He's playing well, um, and I would expect him to continue to play well. Uh, for silver medalist, uh, we actually I just pulled it up. We actually agree. We're both taking Colin Morikawa. My reasoning of course, is that he seems refreshed and ready, even though he only had about three or four days to kind of re reset from Royal St. George's. If he puts anywhere near as well as he did uh, at the Open Championship, he is a lock to finish on the podium. A lock. If he, if he puts anywhere like he did there, he's going to be a lock to win every single week. And that, that was, I mean, just a putting masterpiece. Yeah, I'm more Kyle was pretty easy to me. And this is, this is weird territory. Because as professional athletes, professional golfers, you don't really get caught up in near misses. I mean, you, you're either going to focus on how you played that week and kind of put it into some sort of perspective, or you're going to win, right? I mean, those are the, the two categories. You're, you're not splitting hands between fin finishing third and ninth. I mean, either way you're going to look at it is, I had a good week, I had an opportunity to win, didn't get it done, learn from it, whatever the case may be. In this field, he is leading, he is the top leader in this field in top tens on the PGA Tour with eight this season. He's very, very good at near misses and i think this is an opportunity for him to prove that that consistency can turn into a medal yeah look he's he's had a smashing debut at the pga championship which he won in his first try smashing debut at the open championship which he won in his first try uh, there's little to suggest that he cannot get a medal in his first try at the olympics gold medalist i picked victor hovland because i picked victor hovland almost as much as i picked xander shoffley uh to win in two short years he's proved uh, without a doubt that his game travels uh, a win in a T12 in his last two uh, appearances. Uh, he's one of the most fun-loving characters. I don't think he's going to shy at all uh, away from, from competing on the grandest stage in golf. Victor Hava's uh, my gold medalist. Who do you got? 
Victor Hovland was in the media center on Tuesday with his uh, teammate from Norway, teammate from Norway, uh, Christian uh, Johannesson, and they told a story. And this is a journalism thing that I'm getting at. They, they told a story and they kind of breast over the idea that Victor referred to Christian and he said, "I hated them," and then they kept moving on and whatever answer. And then I had my hand immediately shot up, and two or three people went before me and they asked stupid, keen questions about what's been the, what's been the best part about the Olympic week and all these, you know, media questions that you're going to ask all these athletes. And my eyes were coming out of my head because I'm like, none of you listen to the, what he said. Like, we just had a teammate say he did. He hated was the word he used. I hated him. And then I finally got my turn. I'm like, can I just follow up on that and ask why? And he told the absolutely amazing story real quick. I'll, I'll do the condensed version on this way back long ago. Actually, not that long ago. Victor was trying to decide what high school to go to. And Christian, who was a couple of years older than him, was going to a high school he was considering. So they let him play in this junior tournament in Spain. And so Victor was staying with another player. That other player had his girlfriend in town that week. So Victor was not allowed to sleep in the room probably as much as he wanted to. Leave the rest of that story up to your imagination to decide why that was the case. Why was that the case? I know. It's so weird. I wasn't able to follow up on that because there were so many other questions. I was going to say, did your hand hand shoot back up? uh, Immediately back up. And then Victor spent the week kind of complaining about, well, I have nowhere to sleep. And finally, Christian had had enough. And he turned to Victor and he said, what did you shoot in the first two rounds? And Victor said, 82, 82. And he said, if you're going to shoot rounds like 82, you don't need to worry about where you sleep. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Got him. He is a, I did not think Victor to win. Although he's, a, he's turning into one of my favorites very, very quickly because he's so much fun and inclusive. And he just it seems to save, save her life. I went with his Royal Highness because I'm going to start calling Paul Casey his Royal Highness. I, I simply think, and, and I asked him a couple questions yesterday along these lines. This isn't about you know, we've, we've talked a lot about this was a priority for him this year, making this team. It, it, he actually kind of corrected me yesterday when he said it. He goes, this is a six-year priority. This goes before Rio. He goes, I knew this was something I wanted to do. I knew even, even before the experiment at Rio turned into a success, and of course, Justin Rose wins gold medal for Team GB. He goes, that was the, my, my passion for this goes well beyond Rio. This is something that I had thought about since the day they pretty much announced that golf was going back in the Olympics. And he is one of the few people that would ever say something like this, that in a weird way, COVID actually saved him on this front because he would not have made the team last year. It was because he was able, because it was pushed back a year, he was able to, to work a little harder, get a couple more results in, and make Did, his well, way didn't, Well, didn't two players from Team GB also drop out in terms of uh, Terrell Hatton and, and, Matt, and Matt Fitzpatrick and Lee Westwood? In Lee Westwood, yeah, I think a couple of them actually did kind of open the door for him. And so this has been, this is a lifelong dream for him. And look, when it comes to his career, if he does not win a major championship, there's going to be a lot of, well, you know, did, did he underachieve, I guess, would be the conversation we're going to end up having. I think if he were to win a medal, I'm not even going to lay it on a gold medal. This could be right up there for him. That's how much it means to him. Oh, I, I, I completely agree. And I, I do feel better uh, about my bronze medal pick, uh, knowing that you picked him uh, to win the gold. So you, you folks at home, we had not we we turned those picks in nine minutes before the first tee shot is struck of these 2020 Olympics. So you cannot say uh, that this is after the fact that we made our picks. You have your you have your meaty finger up in the air. What would you like to say? My, my chubby finger. Actually, I turned mine in like 12 hours ago. The time difference is absolutely killing you and I. You're having to do this at 6.30. This is, this is our night. third try. Cam's probably starving in there. No one's no one's looking after him. My, my wife is eight months pregnant. Uh, this is our third try trying to do the podcast. Uh, I, I will let you go since the competition uh, is about to begin. I am curious, what has been your experience like 
uh, in Toko, there were some horror stories uh, and certainly some some dread going in just because of how strict the protocols were. You weren't going to be able to go uh, see around the city. However, you um, enjoyed sake so much the other night that you were you were out by 8.30 p.m. local time. Uh, can you can you just uh, let the viewers or the listeners at home know uh, just what the experience has been like uh, for an intrepid reporter? Are you a sake drinker? Because I had never been a sake drinker before. I've only had it a few times, and it's it's fine. I, I mean, I, I would prefer, if I'm going to have sushi, I, I think I would prefer a cold Sapporo. Um, but I don't dislike sake. I could put it that way. It, it was uh, Todd Lewis and I and a couple of other Goth Channel folks. So we don't, uh, technically we're on a 14-day soft quarantine, and that's what they're calling it. So we're not allowed to leave our hotel hotel other than to go to the golf course to work. And then we, we actually are allowed 15 minutes outside to go to a store or if we need to walk 15. somewhere. 15 minutes. Yeah. Prison. You better start, you better start walking fast. Yes. And if it, it depends on where you're going, you may, you may have to make that a very, very quick walk. Um, however, there are plenty of things. There's a couple of restaurants in the hotel, so it's not been that terrible. As far as horror stories go, it, it was, a, it was hard to get into Japan. I mean, we thought it was difficult going to the UK for the open championship a few weeks ago. That was nothing. That was like going to Jacksonville. I mean, it, it, by comparison, there's a lot of tests. There were a lot of, stations there were a lot of questions there were a lot of hoops to jump through the famous story and I, I recommend anybody that's listening to this podcast just go google search doug ferguson tokyo olympics and traveling from atlanta to tokyo to seattle back to tokyo because that's what he had to do when he didn't time his test out he took his test got a negative COVID all because he was off by like 30 minutes off by 30 minutes he didn't they, they ain't person. playing they are not playing so much so they put him back on a plane back to the united states so that gives you an idea they're taking this very, very seriously, as they should. And I think despite all of the protocols and everything that goes into it, once we got here and you got into the competition, it, it does feel like an Olympics. There is a buzz to it. And even though there's not going to be fans or many fans on the golf course, there is something about being at this event and playing for something different than what we play for the other 51 weeks out of the year that is entertaining. How's the food? How's the food? Uh, the food is very good. I'm a big fan of ramen. Uh, I turned into a big fan of ramen when I was here two years ago for the Zozo Championship. And then there's actually a brewery in our hotel. They call it a brewery. A I don't brewery know. in the hotel? Yes, it's, it's, it's brewery adjacent. Do they, do they have they have double IPAs? Uh, their IPAs are different than our IPAs. So that's why I'm sticking with the stronger. I feel safe. Stronger? I don't even know if stronger. I just don't like the taste. It doesn't really have that. I, I'm, I think I like the IPA because of the hoppy kind of leans into you, sort of slaps you in the face. Oh, right? it sure. It sure does. It, it can't. Uh, and it doesn't really have that. It has more like a sour taste to it. I'm, I'm not a big fan. And to your point, oh, dear. I don't know. There was something lost in translation when we all ordered dinner. There was a table of probably six of us last night. And we all ordered Kirin, which is beer. I mean, anyone that's gone to a Japanese restaurant, you're going to order Kirin or Sephora. But we all kind of ordered the same Kieran, pointed to the menu because there is a language barrier there. We all thought we had it right. And what was delivered to our table was some sort of white wine spritzer that you've never seen <laughs> six men sitting at a table more disappointed than having to stare at each other and look around and try to figure out what did we order? Was that like the Japanese version of Truly? It, it felt like it, it might have been. It, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it might have been a spritzer. I, I don't. I, I took a sip. It wasn't for me, so... I went back into the stocking. Oh, well that, which is that why is, I didn't call is, you back for the podcast last week. Yeah, well, that is that is terribly sad, uh, Rex. I can't wait to uh, reconnect next week. I'll be in Memphis uh, enjoying some rendezvous ribs uh, while you are in. Uh, you'll be continuing to be in Tokyo 
uh, hopefully eating sushi while covering uh, the women's portion of the Olympic Games. Look forward to connecting you then. Uh, all you guys listening, of course, can read Rex's work uh, on GolfChannel.com. Rex, uh, have a good week. We will talk to you later. And thanks for listening to this episode of the Golf Central Podcast presented by Cowboy Golf. We'll talk to you next week. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. Justin and so good. Thousands of summer deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save up to 60% on new arrivals from Vince, Rag & Bone, Adidas, Joe's, Marc Jacobs, and more. Great brands, great prices every day at Nordstrom Rack. But hurry for first dibs. Get your summer favorites up to 60% off at Nordstrom Rack today. Great brands, great prices. That's why you rack.